This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. You know, it's amazing when we talk uh, technology with Michael, just some of the things he comes up with that so many people all over the map out there, you you know, is going to connect with it. And uh, I love that because there is just so much stuff out there now. Whether you're a JAWS user, whether you're using one of the other systems, the point is there's going to be something you connect to and or stop like I did and say, gee. I don't, I don't know that really with Jaws. What, what's this here? What's this to listen to? And I'm sure you find that the same, Rummy, as you just amazed that there is so many options. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, because we all have all different ways of doing things and... And needs. You know, yeah, needs as well and just preferences, right? Like if you think about just modifier mm-hmm. keys in general you for voiceover, for Jaws, for whatever, um, it used to be you know that Jaws was, what was it, caps lock? Right. And now you can pretty much customize it to whatever it is you're liking because we some of us are even using more than one operating system and uh and screen reader. Yeah. And we see that there's similarities that you either can yeah. develop yourself or that they have. So that I remember the old days when they'd say, Well, once you learn a couple of computer systems, you can learn any. You know, and yeah. I'd say, what do you mean by that? But there is so much. There's only so many different things one can do, so many different things you can do with keyboards and, and your commands. So really great stuff. Today, folks, Brock Richardson isn't with us. He's been away. And uh, sitting in for him on our weekly sports update right here on the program is Josh Richardson, one of the other panelists from the program, The Neutral Zone. And you can find their show, of course, available. We'll get to more of that later on uh, as a podcast as well and a video podcast through YouTube or hear it here on AMI. My audio at 11 a.m. on Tuesdays. Josh, welcome back to the show. Nice to have you with us today. Nice to be with you and Ramia as well, Kelly. And of course, it's uh, Watson, not Richardson, but I know you knew that. So. Yeah, I did. I, and, so I've done, and I've done that to you before. <laughs> and I sit here, even when I'm working, I'll say, I got to do that. I gotta, I'm got i going to mess it up. I know I am. And, and then I don't even hear that I've done Josh Richardson uh, filling in for Brock Watson. Yeah, uh, it's all. Mr. Watson, what is your uh, what is your leadoff item, Mr. Watson? Well, today I thought we would talk a little bit about the World Cup since it's only a few days away. Uh, at least Canada's portion of the World Cup is only a few days away. We actually right. play Belgium in our first game on Wednesday. Uh, Canada is in the World Cup for the first time since 1986, and I personally don't want to do the math and figure out how long ago that was, but I can tell you I was eight years old. So those that are better at math will now be able to figure out how old I am. Uh, It should be an interesting tournament. There are a lot of people who are not giving Canada a lot of chance to get out of their group, but it was announced over the weekend that one of Belgium's star strikers, a gentleman named Lukaku, is actually out for the first two games against Canada and Croatia. So Depending on how important he is to the Belgian side, we might have more of a chance than we thought we did. So it'll be interesting to see how Canada does. Well, it's been nice watching him get here. Right. And and again, I know for some people, if they if they have a poor performance, if you want to call it that, even though we're up against the world's best, you know, in this tournament, um, you, you know what? It's been a nice ride to get here. And what a nice building block. 
Well, absolutely. And I think that's the key. We're probably not necessarily expected to do anything at this World Cup, but it's getting us prepared for the next World Cup when the Mexicans, the Americans, and ourselves are actually co-hosting. Right. I think that's where the Canada really hit its stride in in World Cup play. But it will be interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, looking forward to how um, you guys on the neutral zone keep reacting and keeping us posted um, on FIFA. Let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays for a bit as well. They recently made a significant trade. Josh, can you highlight what the trade was? Absolutely. The Blue Jays traded their star outfielder, Teoscar Hernandez, to the Seattle Mariners in exchange for two pitchers. We received a gentleman named Eric Swanson, who's 3-2 and two with a 1.68 ERA and 57 games at Seattle's bullpen last year. Uh, he also projects to make $1.4 million next season, which is actually the key to this whole deal. Uh, it seems as though the Blue Jays are gearing up for something, and unfortunately, as part of that, we, uh, we ended up losing Teoscar Hernandez. The other pitcher was a gentleman named Adam Mako, who is actually a Slovakian-Canadian. He's from Vauxhall, Alberta. And for high A Everett, he had eight starts last year, had a 3.99 ERA, but had 60 strikeouts in 38 and a third innings. So these are, are some interesting pieces. So... One's going to say you gave up a lot to get what may turn out to be certainly going to be help. There's no question. And if we go by what you said, that we're seeming to be positioned for something else, uh, the question has to be, are you satisfied with this trade? Well, yes and no. I'm satisfied with the trade because I understand that sometimes a popular player has to go in order for better players to come in. Having said that, we all thought something would be done at the trade deadline last year, and we ended up with Zach Pop, uh, Mitch, Wa- Mitch White, I'm going to call him. I'm not sure if that's correct. I'll have to double-check. And uh, Anthony Bath. And we were told, that's it. That's all we need to do. Everything else is good. And we saw that it wasn't. So if this is a building block towards something else, I'm all for it. If this is if this is our grand move for the offseason, I'm not happy at all. So just have to give them the benefit of the doubt and wait and see. Okay. Uh, sticking with baseball for a little more, a little longer, there were also some awards given out for manager of the year. Can you highlight who the winners were? Absolutely. So for the American League, we had Terry Francona, who's the manager of the Cleveland Guardians. He was the AL Manager of the Year. He's won the uh, award now three times um, in his tenure with both Cleveland and Boston. He's been a manager for about 19 years overall after a playing career as well. Uh, he led the Guardians to a 92-70 and 70 record this season and ended up going all the way to the AL Division Series against the Yankees where they were eventually defeated. On the National League side, the winner was Buck Showalter, manager of the New York Mets. He is now a four-time winner of Manager of the Year, three times on the American League side, and once now as a National League manager. 
Uh, he also has managed for about 19 years, and he led the Mets to a 101 and 61 record this season. And they ended up losing in the wild card to the San Diego Padres. Now, there is another manager that some, including one Brock Richardson, if I remember correctly, thinks maybe should have won the award, and that is Rob Thompson out of Stratford, Ontario, who took over the Philadelphia Phillies when they were at a record of 22-29. and 29. He subsequently led them to an appearance in the World Series. So there's, there's room there to debate whether or not that's a snub or not. I suppose mm. it depends on... Yeah, uh, what the rules are, but I like the local guy personally. Well, I, I think maybe he yeah. should. Yeah, I, I love the local guy. I love the story, but I think that's kind of what it is. We're screaming Canadian left out snubbed again, in my opinion, on that one, even though he did fantastic. He brought a team that some would say, yeah, but look what he was handed. But then again. You know, you could have been, you know, Steve Nash handed the Brooklyn Nets. So, and we know how that ended well, up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Canadian Football League wrapped up its season yesterday. What was for you, Josh, the biggest takeaway from our Grey Cup? What a game that was. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I have not been on the edge of my seat for a CFL game in a long time, and that was amazing. Uh, first half was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I really thought Winnipeg was going to run away with this, to be honest with you. But at halftime, we ended up at 10-7, to 7, which... Uh, which was rather surprising. I, I thought it might have been a higher score. Um, overall, opinions, um, things I've noticed, there was a lot more passing than I expected, given that the two teams have some amazing running backs. You had Brady Oliveira for the Bombers, and you had the two-headed monster, if you will, of A.J. Ouellette and Andrew Harris for the Argonauts. So I really thought the ground game would be more widely used than it was, but defense seemed to be the name of the game. Uh, both defenses were very strong. Um, if, of course, you, you look over that uh, Janarian Grand punt return for a PD, which was 102 yards when it was all said and done, uh, that, was, that was maybe a, a missed opportunity on somebody's part. But, you know, those things happen. Uh, Winnipeg tended to stick to their running game a bit more than the Argos did from what I saw. Um, we got a bit of a chance to see the Argos backup quarterback, Chad Kelly, in the third and fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Impressive. He, so he did he was, very well, very yeah. impressive. And uh, it was funny, as I was watching the game, I scribbled down a note that uh, came across the screen or was mentioned by the commentators that Winnipeg would be the first team since 1982 to three-peat as Grey Cup champions if they won. But then a few few downs later, they happened to mention that the Argos have won all Grey Cup meetings against Winnipeg. So I guess that uh, that, that bodes well for, for them, and they ended up winning the game. And uh, yeah, very, very exciting, exciting game. So outside of this game, Josh, a thumbs up on the CFL product for this year, would you say? And some of the moves uh, that they've made? I, think- I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm liking the idea of moving the Grey Cup earlier and earlier. We kind of miss the cold and the snow. Well, yes, there is something to be said for for football in the cold and the snow. It, uh, I, I still remember the game in Ottawa a few years back where it was 
snowing as the game was uh, going on. But we we have to get more product out to the people, it would seem, and we need some people to keep supporting this uh, this wonderful sport. I know Cam Jenkins of, of our Neutral Zone crew is a big Argos fan, and so he's celebrating today. Uh, but we need a lot more people like that to uh, really get behind this game. I happen to find it interesting. I will sit down on a Friday night and watch a game if it's on. doesn't matter what teams are on as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's been really fascinating to see how Winnipeg has been so dominant, considering that the West – uh, division has always been a bit stronger than the East. Um, it'll be also interesting to see what happens now that the rights to Bo Levi Mitchell, the former quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders, has been traded to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Mm-hmm. See if they right. manage to find him or not, because that could really change the East. Yeah, but sure overall, can. I thought it was an exciting season and yeah. looking forward to next year. And will you tell us about the excitement ahead on the neutral zone? You guys uh, record your show today, airing here on AMI-audio tomorrow, as well as available as a podcast and on YouTube. Can you tee it up for us? You betcha. On this week's show, we have Canadian blind hockey player Jason Ewa joining the show. He's going to talk to us about the Canadian Canadian blind hockey team's recent domination of the United States in a three-game series over in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So that should be very interesting to hear his perspective on things. We also are going to discuss the Teoscar Hernandez trade a bit more and put a bow on the Grey Cup. So you'll get to hear some of the opinions of the rest of the crew on how the game went and what they thought of the whole thing. Josh, awesome. It sounds like it. Folks can find it when they do a search on YouTube after it airs here on AMI-audio tomorrow. Appreciate you filling in for Mr. Richardson today, Josh Watson of the Neutral Zone panel. My pleasure, folks. Have a great day. Check him and the gang out at 11 a.m. Eastern right here on AMI-audio on Tuesdays. Uh, And again, once again, remind you, you can still find it as a podcast. You can go online and watch it via YouTube as well to see them sitting back and doing what uh, what seems like a, a lot of fun for a lot of us, talking sports. Coming up next on the program... AMI's original podcast, The Pulse, is now available as well in video on YouTube. Host Joita Gutta joins us to talk about the evolution of the program and the conversation that puts a spotlight on disability issues across Canada. She'll be here momentarily. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Centre for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favourite podcast provider.